The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our foreign services and armed forces who are joining us from remote locations today, and also listeners joining us in San Francisco, New York City, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, Boston, and from coast to coast, including new friends in Hawaii and Alaska. Thank you for your many emails, cards, and letters, and most of all, for making us part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, the man that launched congressional investigations on the attack in Benghazi, the IRS targeting of conservatives, the failed Fast and Furious operation, and the government's investment into solar panel maker Solyndra, Congressman Daryl Issa will be here to talk about his new tell-all book titled Watchdog. And he'll also weigh in on what's likely to be the tiebreaker in the upcoming presidential election. So stay tuned because we're in for a no-holds-barred conversation with the representative who had access to all of the available facts, Congressman Darrell Issa. But before Mr. Issa joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Daryl Edward Issa was born in Cleveland, Ohio, to parents of German and Lebanese descent. On his 17th birthday, Issa dropped out of high school and enlisted in the Army, where he became an explosive ordnance disposal technician, or in layman's terms, an expert who defuses bombs. Once discharged, Issa went on to earn his GED and degrees from Siena Heights University and Kent State University. Then from 1976 to 80, he served in the Army Reserves, rising to the rank of captain. Soon after leaving the military, Issa invested in a small electronics firm called Quantum Enterprises, and then following Quantum, an auto alarm company named Steel Stoppers, which Issa parlayed into a giant who was soon supplying Ford, Toyota, BMW, and General Motors. But Issa was just getting started. He moved to San Diego and founded Directed Electronics, Inc., and became chairman of the Consumer Electronics Association, which meant spending a lot of time in our nation's Capitol lobbying. And this is how ICE's political career got started. He won election to the U.S. Congress in 2000 and has served eight terms, including acting as the chairman of the Oversight and Government Reform Committee, where he brought every controversial issue from Benghazi to IRS misconduct to the public's attention, something we're going to hear a lot more about in today's program. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, Congressman Daryl Issa. Thank you for joining us today, Congressman. Well, thanks for having me on. And uh, I must admit, I've never had an introduction that exciting. I'm even interested. <laughs> well, I hope we got all our facts straight. And, and you know, I apologize for the brevity of the introduction. Your background no. is, uh, is, is impressive. And, uh, and what a journey it's been going from uh, the Army all the way to our nation's capital. Well, it is interesting because that round trip of government service, uh, you know, neither one necessarily popular at the time. I was in the, on active duty in the 70s. And it was a it was a tough time to be a soldier. Uh, fortunately, uh, since 9/11, for going on 16 years, we have uh, we have treated our men and women in uniform with the respect they deserve. And I think that's something that uh, when we look at what's wrong in Congress uh, and in our public, that isn't one of them. Uh, we have really stayed behind our troops, and I'm glad we have because war is tough, but it's it's worse if you have to. You know, deal with it back home too. 
Yes, absolutely. My father served in the CIA abroad during the Vietnam War. And, uh, you know, most of the people that we associated with were in the armed services. So I have a special place in my heart for our nation's veterans and uh, people that are serving us abroad. Now, I want to congratulate you on your new book, Watchdog, which is uh, on its way to becoming a bestseller. As I mentioned earlier, you've been at the center of some of the most controversial investigations during the Obama administration and investigations that actually, for the most part, didn't lead to anyone having any accountability or any serious consequence, similar to the subprime mortgage fiasco and uh, banking misconduct. Not a single person has been punished. So let's start there. Why not? Well, partly because the only entity that can punish the executive branch under current law is, in fact, the executive branch. Uh, we referred for criminal uh, prosecution Lois Lerner with specific, in addition to holding her in contempt, with specific charges. And under the law, uh, the law said that the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia shall present to the grand jury our charges. The U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, taking his orders from her, uh, uh, Eric Holder, didn't present. And we got a letter uh, even after, uh, you know, many months later, saying, ah, we just view her as a mismanager. Well, these were criminal indictments. Uh, She lied to Congress. She lied to investigators. Uh, She did try to uh, disparage her Cincinnati people when, in fact, all along, she obviously knew exactly what she was doing uh, in targeting conservative and pro-Israel groups. Uh, But having said that, under the current law, the only way to get an indictment against Hillary Clinton or Lois Lerner or in the Fast and Furious case, the only way to get an indictment is for the administration to do it itself. And it's one of the changes in the book that I, I began to propose is that we've got to be able to, on behalf of the American people, to get directly to a federal judge when criminal behavior has occurred, or even civil wrongdoing, by the executive branch. It's one of the things that our founding fathers never viewed as possible, that in fact, crime would be ignored because the executive branch had the power to ignore their own crimes. Well, this is a little bit like uh, asking children uh, to monitor themselves. I I, I mean, what is the workaround here? What is the process by which if the executive branch is engaging in misconduct or cabinet members are engaging in misconduct, what is the correct procedure in which to... uh, in which to stop it? Well, for many years, we had an office of special prosecutor. Uh, famously, Ken Starr was one of the heads of it. And uh, it was able to independently go after wrongdoing by the administration. Now, that law was allowed to lapse. Uh, and it could be very hard to get it back on the books because essentially you need a president to sign it. And uh, presidents have, have wised up. So we may not be able to get that back. But one One difference, and I cover this in the book, uh, is that Congress has the right, but not a particular quick path, to refer to to judges directly. And, uh, for example, in Fast and Furious, it has taken me more than four Judge Amy Berman Jackson to compel Eric Holder and the Justice Department to turn over documents. Uh, The last batch of documents, by the way, showed that Eric Holder was willfully obstructing justice, uh, but I don't expect to get a criminal indictment. So a small change in the law, this independent third branch, uh, quickly, with an expedited answer uh, on civil and criminal referral, could allow us to preserve the Constitution, which actually doesn't say who will present to these judges, uh, and at the same time provide some protection, because it would require... Uh, a vote of Congress to do it. But I think that's one of the solutions we have to have. We have to be able to uh, at least get an opportunity to get to comparatively independent judges when there's been wrongdoing uh, by the executive branch. Well, this sounds like, to me at least, as a layman, an obvious solution. I guess I'm curious why Congress hasn't acted on that. Uh, Is there something blocking them taking action? Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
one uh, proposed law change uh, authored by the Judiciary Committee and led, in this case, by Trey Gowdy, who mm-hmm. has just finished up the Benghazi investigation, passed out of the committee, but we couldn't get uh, uh, Speaker Boehner to bring it to the floor. We're hoping to get Speaker Ryan to bring it to the floor. Okay, so we have to take a uh, very short break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back with more from Congressman Daryl Issa. You're listening to the Costa Report. Caraccioli Cellars recently celebrated the fifth anniversary of their tasting room. This is what Enophiles had to say. Anna Russell, I love Caraccioli wine because I love the San Lucia Highlands, and I think this is a particularly great representation of what SLH can do that's different, um, using the most common grapes, Pinot and, and Chardonnay, and making something really beautiful and different in the area. I love the wine, so I always come back to almost every one of their events. My name is Jenny Franklin. I like it because it's very flavorful. It just is a good Pinot. It goes down without touching any sides. It's very good. Full of lace. I really like the Brut Rosé. I like the older varietals, too. I think it's just the way they manufacture it, the way that it, uh, they produce it is old world style, and I enjoy that. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel-by-the-Sea. Or find us online at caracciolicellars.com or reach us by phone at 831-622-7722. If you're wondering what to do with all that data you're creating, do I have an offer for you? Tableau is drag-and-drop software that people of any skill level can use to analyze and turn data into something actionable. That's right, I said actionable. And isn't that what all that data is for? With Tableau, you can connect to any data in virtually any format and visualize it on the fly. Databases, spreadsheets, even big data sources are instantly combined into usable charts, graphs, reports, and dashboards. People can analyze data and -and drag-and-drop at 10 times the speed of a traditional business intelligence system. But the most impressive thing about Tableau is that anyone can use it. And just to prove the point, you can get a free 14-day trial from Tableau just by mentioning you heard this ad. But do it now, because this offer won't last. For your free 14-day trial, visit Tableau at T-A-B-L-E-A-U dot com slash Costa. That's Tableau.com slash Costa. Tableau Software. What's your data trying to tell you? Not available in all states. Successful entrepreneurs just like you know that demand, location, and attraction are the keys to building a solid business. And now, for the first time ever, Reese and Irby's robotic frozen yogurt vending machines offer you the opportunity to own your own business and provide those exact tools to aid in your success. Imagine a revolutionary kiosk that creates that essential demand at any location, delivering delicious and creamy frozen yogurt for your customers. Nine flavors, six toppings, served from a robot. Picture a machine that can be placed practically anywhere and a corporate support team that finds all the premier sites for you so you can focus on your premium opportunity. It's a vending experience that creates excitement, captivates audiences of all ages, and generates endless possibilities for your potential success. Want to learn more? Recent Irby's Froyo kiosks are now available as a franchise opportunity across the U.S. But you better act now. Locations and machines are going fast. Just go to FroyoFranchising.com and enter promo code 4848. That's FroyoFranchising.com. Promo code 4848. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. <laughs> yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Congressman Daryl Issa, who has a riveting new book out titled Watchdog. 
Now, you say in your book that you quickly discovered that most of the people working in government and also in the mainstream media aren't really interested in the truth. Give us an example from your book that was a a fact that was pretty black and white in your view and was clearly misrepresented. Well, I'll give you one that most people don't remember from the Bush administration. Uh, Back in the Reagan administration, there was an organization created called MMS, the Mineral Management Service, and it had three responsibilities. Track uh, or write the leases for minerals being extracted from federal lands, oil, natural gas, and so on. Uh, Track how much it was so the money was properly collected and oversee the safety of these uh, oil and gas wells. Well, under the Bush administration, we held hearings and investigated wanton a failure to do all three, wrote leases that were incorrect, even after they were pointed out by the oil companies as incorrect, that cost us billions of dollars in revenue uh, because they were written so they didn't have to pay uh, billions of dollars they should have. Uh, then on top of that, uh, they, uh, when asked uh, you know, for how this happened, they had no documentation. They claimed it was all oral. Uh, they... Uh, we're supposed to oversee these agencies, and they were, of course, supposed to be different and have a reasonable distance, but they were so close that one of their people, while partying in a group uh, with the people they were supposed to oversee, became pregnant, uh, yes, by one of the managers of the uh, uh, oil companies. So you point this out, that this is a dysfunctional agency that violates rules, laws, and the American people's trust. Nothing happened. Uh, the Bush administration said we take care of it. They didn't. Now, you got to know Mineral Management Service years later when, during the Obama administration, uh, the Gulf of Mexico filled with oil uh, at the British Petroleum site called Deepwater Horizon. What most people don't know is on that day, that morning, two inspectors from uh, MMS came aboard and gave a clean bill of health to that rig Ultimately, they could have shut it down. They had no idea because they weren't trained in it to that level. And yet, you and I were entrusting our safety and our environment to them. So we could certainly know the ones during the Obama administration. But one of the things the book points out is you need oversight all the time, not just against the other party. Well, let me ask you this. Is this a matter of incompetence? Is it a matter of the government's resources are so far stretched that oversight is getting cheated? Or is this collusion? It's all of the above. Uh, Another example uh, that we we held hearings on and made the public aware of was there was a fellow working directly for EPA director, Gina McCarthy, who for years pretended to be a CIA agent. Now, He pretended by telling everyone he was a CIA agent and taking luxurious vacations, flying first class, but claiming he, instead of EPA work, that he was doing CIA work. Now, there was nobody at the CIA at EPA. Gina McCarthy uh, would have been informed if there was, and she never asked why. This was a friend of hers. Uh, And yet, until he finally was caught, after he continued receiving pay, after he theoretically had retired, uh, there was no there was no outrage, and even today uh, he sits in prison, but he still is entitled to his uh, his government uh, retirement of one hundred and twenty plus thousand dollars a year. But that sounds like incompetence to me. Well, it's a combination. Peter McCarthy, the EPA director, it wasn't her money. Uh, this guy, he was corrupt. Uh, people around who rolled their eyes and said, we know he's not really with the CIA, but it's not our job, were, you know, had the apathy that they shouldn't have, and an inspector general who should have caught it didn't. So you put that combination, but you see it every day. During my tenure as chairman, which was just four years as the chair, we sent over 2,000 letters of inquiry about 1,500 of them were solved based on one letter and people doing their job and getting to the bottom of it. Uh, another two or 300 uh, were resolved after a series of back and forth uh, by my staff. And most of these came from whistleblowers. Uh, yes, we all know about the handful where the government fought tooth and nail, such as Fast and Furious, where they were 
lying to Congress and covering up a, a plan that to this day is still putting guns in the hands uh, of dangerous people, including uh, terrorists in, in Europe, uh, that are killing people. And uh, so, you know, they had a lot to fight for, particularly with Eric Holder at the top of uh, the Justice Department at that time. But it sounds like we need some kind of amnesty program like the FAA has for pilots. You know, if you report within the first, I think it's 30 days, that you've made an error and you yourself confess it and report it to the FAA, then uh, there's no consequence. And in that way, they can keep track of records of pilot errors and uh, try to preempt by putting new policies, new procedures in place. Um, do we need something like that, some kind of whistleblower amnesty program? We need more of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Candidly, you hit the nail on the head, which is whistleblowers are given uh, amnesty. But our committee, uh, in the case of the whistleblowers in Fast and Furious, had to constantly work with the, the whistleblowers as their agencies tried to uh, give them adverse tra- uh, transfers, uh, essentially ostracize them. And yeah, pass the them over for promotions. There's lots of ways to punish people that are legal. Exactly. Um, but there's another one that I think people should know, particularly in light of Hillary Clinton's uh, you know, wrongful use uh, and mishandling of classified information. We had a, uh, a major who self-reported uh, that he had inadvertently brought classified material uh, to the U.S. He was legally using it in, uh, uh, in Afghanistan. He was legally using it on a personal laptop because there, was, there wasn't a support and classified handling's a little different inside a combat zone. Uh, but he self-reported that he had inadvertently taken it home, uh, and yet he was still not only charged, but he's being drummed out of the military after, uh, without a retirement. Um, and his, his classified material, the reason he found it was he was asked uh, to evaluate for people still in harm's way the risk of a particular area in Afghanistan. He found the material, emailed back to the people in Afghanistan that they were in danger, and then self-reported the information, and yet he's being drummed out. So we do need uh, some additional protection, uh, and we're getting some in some areas. The freedom. Of so, so we, uh, what I hear you saying is there's no upside to self-reporting if you've made an error and you caught yourself. Well, there's supposed to be, but uh, it becomes somewhat su- subjective uh, that self-reporting is not always rewarded with a, a free pass or limited. And this is particularly true in the military. You know, obviously Hillary Clinton did not self-report her. Uh, over a hundred highly classified documents. But uh, in the military, uh, this often leads to the end of a career. So there's two standards, uh, one for some people, one for other people. Yeah, I have a real problem with double standards, and I know you do too, and we share that in common. And we have to take another commercial break, but stay tuned. We'll be back after these important messages. You're listening to the Costa Report. Do you love creating salads as much as you enjoy eating them? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole inspires fresh and wholesome dishes for any meal with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. From the mild and tender texture of sweet butter lettuce to the crunch of classic romaine sprinkled with colorful shredded carrots and red cabbage, Dole has over 30 salad blends to satisfy every palate. If you're looking for the ultimate in convenience, try Dole's unique salad kit combinations that include farm-fresh lettuces and vegetables, mouth-watering all-natural toppings, and specially made dressings. It's all you need to make a distinctively delicious salad. The possibilities are endless. Visit www.dolesalads.com for recipes and other ideas to feed your culinary imagination. 
Second Harvest Food Bank is throwing their annual Hunger Hoedown on Sunday, July 31st, featuring live music by the Backyard Blues Band and Coffee Zombie Collective. Kids activities, great food, local beer and wine, and much more. So grab the family and come on down to the Hunger Hoedown. All the fun helps support the food bank and feed people in need in our community. It's Sunday, July 31st, 3 to 7 p.m. at Second Harvest Food Bank in Watsonville. Get discounted tickets in advance at thefoodbank.org. Sponsored in part by KSCO Radio. Are things getting a little messy around the office? At Coast Paper and Supply, we'll meet all your janitorial needs. Mops, dusters, disinfectants? We got them. Can't get rid of that smell in the break room? Try our deodorizer. Carpet stains? We have a cure for that, too. While you're at it, pick up the essentials. Garbage cans and liners, sponges and brooms. Is your company going green? Coast Paper and Supply is offering earth-friendly cleaning and food service alternatives. Our ever-evolving stock includes compostable bowls, plates, cups, and cutlery. Not to mention eco-friendly cleaners and biodegradable trash can liners, all at the lowest possible price. So come visit Coast Paper and Supply at 151 Josephine Street or look us up at coastpapersupplyinc.com. You can also call us at 831-423-3350. That's 831-423-3350. We've all heard the term baby boomer referring to those born from 1946 to 1964. There are an estimated 80 million baby boomers with the first wave hitting the Social Security and Medicare systems in recent years with more to follow. Many healthcare experts are predicting epidemics of Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and cancer among this group. However, these impending epidemics can be averted, as there is a new group emerging. This group we call the baby bloomers, because despite their chronological age, they are still physically fit, active, working, and playing. They've heard Dr. Wallach's message regarding diet, lifestyle, and nutritional supplementation. So while many around them diminish in health and vitality, they are blossoming and blooming into vibrant, healthy, on-the-go people. Wouldn't you rather be a Longevity Baby Bloomer? For more information or to order, call Andy or Phyllis Anderson at 888-245-0300. That's 888-245-0300. Every exam room I've ever been in in my life has a sink and a faucet, but they rarely ever use it. Two million infections each year in hospitals in America alone. There are 90,000 deaths from those infections each year. There's a yearly figure. Not one doctor gets their license suspended. Nobody gets fined. It's just absolutely incredible. What would happen if North Korea and Iran were to send over a biological weapon and, and infect two million people in a large population center and kill 90,000? It'd be war. Don't miss Dead Doctors Don't Lie, the radio show, Monday through Friday at 12.06 on AM 1340 KOMY. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is Congressman Daryl Issa, and we've been talking about his new book titled Watchdog. And when we went to break, you were making the point that there seems to be one standard for the military, another for ordinary citizens and government workers, and another for the executive branch and cabinet posts. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to finish that thought. So we do see uh, we do see the the fact that there is a double standard, uh, and there doesn't need to be. But one of the challenges is that uh, some people are above the law because the executive branch is willing to give them a pass. And uh, certainly, not just Hillary Clinton, but the dozens of people who sent and received those classified emails are all be given a pass. Uh, and that's, that's one of the amazing things is when you heard the FBI director saying he probably couldn't make a case, uh, he's talking about Hillary Clinton, but how about all the other people on the other end of those emails? One of, one of the things that your listeners probably get is that uh, Hillary didn't send those emails to herself. She sent them to people at the State Department and other places who ordinarily, if they had not been sending and receiving from Hillary Clinton, they'd have lost their jobs uh, for moving a secret or top-secret document over an unsecured network, and yet they're given a pass because of their association with somebody who's above the law. 
I see. Well, uh, I think that where the FBI came down was that clearly there are policies against this. But I think where they were looking is where are the laws that have actually been broken? Uh, For me, that was kind of unusual that the director of the FBI would weigh in on whether it was illegal or not. seemed like that was the DOJ's job, but maybe I have that wrong. No, I think uh, you have it right that... uh he only had to determine whether or not there was a, uh, a crime, but not whether or not he could get a conviction. And it's Right, it's not up to him to determine whether there's a case, only whether there, that in his view there's evidence. Exactly, and there's a statute, 18 U.S.C. 793, paragraph F, and it's one of those that he never was able to answer before the committee, uh, honestly, why they didn't apply. It does not require any deliberate act, only recklessness and extreme carelessness and recklessness. Uh, my friend Trey Gowdy said as a career prosecutor, he said, I don't know what the difference is. Uh, neither does anybody else. But if you're extremely careless after you've illegally set up an email server and removed documents from federal uh, custody, uh, both of which are infractions, but then you, then you have classified information being sent and received, uh, a, a fairly large amount of them, say, secret or top secret on them. Um, he didn't know how that would not be reckless by anyone's standards. Yes, well, uh, as you know, uh, it is very common to hear the phrase, ignorance is no defense uh, in the lo- when it comes to the law. I learned that uh, when I got a speeding ticket and I claimed I, I didn't see the, the, the speeding limit uh, posted. And uh, the judge reminded me that my ignorance was not a defense. <laughs> so well, uh, and- even if you don't know the law, I don't know if everybody understands this, even if you don't know the law, if you violate it, the fact that you did not know you were doing something illegal is, does not protect you from being uh, punished and serving, uh, well, serving whatever sentence the judge uh, gives you. Well, exactly. And, and in this case, uh, she wasn't just on the wrong side of the road. She was on the wrong side of the road with a car that didn't, uh, didn't legally belong on the road. Yeah, so, well, there you uh, go. You know, it's, uh, it, she was wrong before the accident. It's just that the, uh, the accident was worse. And I, I think for all of us who, uh, who care about a single standard, uh, the lesson here is we can get past this, single, this double standard. Uh, we can get, we can empower uh, Congress and even individuals on behalf of, of their being harmed to get before federal judges and to bring these actions when the administration won't. You know, our founding fathers never considered, never considered the idea that essentially they were building a system in which the new King George, in this case, President Obama, could in fact decide that certain people would never be indicted. Uh, They set up this system. It never occurred to them that the U.S. attorney would simply refuse the uh, on behalf of the president to do his job. And yet that's happening. And it's the reason in my book, Watchdog, we don't just talk about scandals. We talk about solutions. And one of them is empowering others to bring cases before judges in the hopes, as usually happens, that federal judges will rise beyond Uh, partisan uh, uh, behavior and actually do their job and, you know, allow for convictions to occur if the evidence is there. Well, this is a very, very important point. And as you say, you describe the solution very clearly in your book. And it's important because we cannot be a nation of laws if there are different laws for different categories of individuals, including the executive office. So there has to be some uh, acknowledged and legitimate recourse. And I think you spell that out very well in your new book titled Watchdog. Now, I want to switch gears for just a moment uh, and talk about some of the issues that are likely to affect the presidential election in November. And one issue which seems to have galvanized voters everywhere is the problem with exporting American jobs. And recently, you have introduced a bipartisan legislation called the Protect and Grow American Jobs Act. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, for years, we've had a, uh, a good law with a bad loophole in it. 
uh, it's a non-immigrant visa. In other words, people get to come here temporarily uh, if they have high skills. It's called H-1B. And this is something Google and Facebook and Microsoft and other companies, Intel, use extensively. And we have a, we have a cap. There's up to 85,000 of these. And everybody almost has to show that they've advertised at a prevailing wage, which it can be $100,000, $150,000, for these jobs, and they couldn't get enough of the people they need, so they still have vacancies. Then and only then they can apply for one of these visas and bring somebody in from some other part of the world, anywhere in the world. Well, the loophole is that for years there's been what's called a dependent industry, and these are consulting firms who use usually uh, people from India in very large amounts, and uh, they have more than 15% of their employees are all on these H-1Bs, and they basically don't have a primary business. Their business is consulting slash providing labor to these high-tech firms. Well, in the case uh, of this law, which allowed you to pay $60,000 and, and exclude all of those provisions, all those safety it never got updated. So 20 years ago, 60,000 might have been enough. Today, 100,000 is barely enough to keep you from bringing in somebody of relatively low skill to take a job from an American. Uh, and, and we saw this at Southern California Edison. They, were lay, they laid off workers and replaced them with workers from India who had to be trained, but who cost a lot less. So in, in the legislation, we changed that. We eliminate this loophole so that never again can these consulting firms get ahead of legitimate requirements for high-skilled labor that really creates jobs. Uh, and I'm proud to say that uh, I have Democrats supporting it with me, and uh, we have high hopes it will become law this year. And another part of this law is that uh, you want to remove the requirement for a master's degree. Is that right? Well, it's the opposite. It's a waiver. Oh. If you have a master's from, let's say, Bombay University, then mm -hmm. you don't have to show any of these other items. And you go, well, wait a second. A U.S. master's degree in computer science is a pretty important thing. But let's just say you have a, uh, a master's degree in, in mathematics from, and I keep using it, but let's say uh, New Delhi University. That may not be all that significant. And so with no protection on the standard, we think that needs to go away. Right. Well, not all universities are credible, and it is a known fact that getting master's degrees overseas is much easier than here in the United States. And we have to take our last break. When we come back, we'll find out how Mr. Issa sees the current election unfolding. You're listening to the Costa Report. Every day our world gets more complicated. Not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us, our leaders also fall prey to this phenomena. But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please, go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Big data is being generated by everything around us all the time. Every digital process and social media exchange produce it. Systems, sensors, and mobile devices transmit it. Big data is arriving from multiple sources with ever-increasing velocity, volume, and variety. It's becoming the world's newest resource for competitive advantage, allowing decision-making to move from the elite few to the empowered many. The escalating demand for insights requires a fundamentally new approach to architecture, tools, and practices. To extract meaningful value from big data, you need optimal processing power, analytics capabilities, and skills. 
Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. That's www.ibm.com slash big data. The old is new on Sunday from 8 to 5 at the 46th annual Moss Landing Street Fair. Get your family, friends, and everybody in the neighborhood and get on down to the fun halfway between Monterey and Santa Cruz. Enjoy over 200 antique, vintage, and artisan craft booths, lots of great food and drink, live music, and free parking. Full day tickets only $5 for all the fun of the 46th annual Moss Landing Street Fair, Sunday, 8 to 5. Don't miss out on the Sunday fun in Moss Landing. So you finally decided to start taking a vitamin supplement. Those chewables and tablets are fine if you don't mind paying for something that is only absorbed about 4 to 6%. However, a liquid supplement can have a 90% absorption rate if you choose the right one. Longevity offers a wide variety of liquid supplements with a 90% absorption rate or more. Beyond Tangy Tangerine may be the best one ever invented. It starts as a liquid that is freeze-dried like those instant coffees into a crystal. Then all you have to do is add a couple of scoops to water. No refrigeration, no fuss, no mess. Not only do you get a complete multiple vitamin, Beyond Tangy Tangerine also has minerals, and it tastes fantastic. You'll want to drink it all day long. So the next time you reach for a vitamin supplement, reach for Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity. For more information or to order, call Andy or Phyllis Anderson at 888-245-0300. That's 888-245-0300. This is Mitch Winnick, co-host of Wagner and Winnick on the Law. Stephen Wagner and I are pleased to announce the new program time for our weekly discussion of law and public policy. We pick legal topics that affect each one of us right out of the weekly headlines. Join us live every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Remember, if you don't know the law, know a lawyer. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is Congressman Daryl Issa. This November, the country will choose a new president, and at the moment, it looks to be a very close election, one which will largely be determined by voters who are presently undecided. Uh, Thus far, neither candidate has done much to appeal to voters outside of their parties. So let me start with the candidate that you have endorsed, Donald Trump, what does Trump need to do to reach out to independents, women voters, and diverse people of color? Well, I think he needs to stick to the core messages, the ones that uh, not resonate for a reason. First of all, the job creation occurs in the private sector. That uh, for too long, uh, we've looked at government programs as solutions. This administration has done it more than any other in modern times, and it's led to lethargic growth. Secondly, Uh, I think President uh, Trump will have to reinvigorate our military, get behind uh, diplomacy, but diplomacy with consequences. And that occurs in Syria, in Iraq, in Libya, uh, with Boko Haram in Nigeria, and between Israel and Egypt in the Sinai. Uh, Today, ISIS is attacking constantly, and it's, it's vexing both of those countries. Those are just an example of the 22 nations that have fallen into the control of extremists during this administration. That is where his strengths are, reinvigorating the economy, reinvigorating national defense, and getting beyond, if you will, what might have made him popular in the primary. You know, some Republicans and independents are for free trade. Some are more protectionist. They all want good deals where America can succeed. Um, and when he talks about those issues, he needs to talk about them based on making them work, uh, not where Hillary Clinton is claiming all of a sudden that what her husband and President Obama did in the way of free trade was somehow always wrong. Uh, I don't think Americans believe that. I think Americans believe they can compete and win, but they need their government to be part of the solution, not part of the problem on their competing for those global jobs. But as you know, you cannot win a national election without getting a substantial number of women voters. And right out of the starting block, Trump has had trouble there. 
He has. But, you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, first of all, many people view him as a moderate, longtime Democrat who has recently become a Republican. So uh, his choice of Mike Pence is helping people realize that he's going to run much more of a center-right government if elected. At the same time, in appealing, reaching out to women, you know, you can reach out to women on, on one or more issues and placate them. You know, we're going to be a safety net. We're going to be this. Women voters vote on two things, jobs that they and their husbands are looking for and the security that comes with an economy that is functioning. Now, that's a Republican message. A Democratic message is the economy is not going to work, but we're going to protect you. We're going to provide these government safety nets. I think women uh, in very large numbers realize, particularly young women just graduating from college, that uh, their future cannot be a safety net. Their future has to be a job. Well, I think that's well put. Uh, you know, nobody votes as a complete voting block. The, there's not some black voting block and some women's voting block. At the end of the day, uh, we hope that voters look at the issues and vote uh, strictly on those issues. And it sounds like the two drums that... Uh, uh, Trump is getting ready to beat or basically uh, jobs creation and greater security. And uh, there's no parent in the world that isn't uh, concerned about both of those things. But as far as you're concerned, are there any new facts that are likely to come forward that the public hasn't already heard regarding Benghazi, the Clinton Foundation, the email servers and so on? Or are the Republicans in danger of plowing that same field maybe one too many times? What What hasn't come to the forefront yet? Rebecca, you're making a very, very good point, and, and I want to uh, I want to side with you on that. Uh, Republicans have to realize that uh, there isn't going to be a lot of new material. As a matter of fact, our committee held a hearing 29 days after the Benghazi attack uh, on October 10th, and we knew at that time and and had witnesses from Libya who said we were denied the security we needed before the attack and he actually had assets removed. During the attack, nobody came to our aid, and after the attack, we heard lies that we knew were untrue and that even Hillary Clinton knew were untrue, and we now know, of course, she even told her daughter what the truth was. Um, so when you've gone several years past that, you realize you're right. We need to take for granted to a certain extent, speak with clarity that Hillary Clinton was not honest about Benghazi, but not bring up it as something in which there's going to be something else uh, to occur. Uh, you know, I, I want to touch on one other thing, and that is that both sides are going to be talking about national security, and Donald Trump doesn't have a history, so quite frankly, people are going to have to trust that he's going to surround himself with a good team of people, uh, and that's going to be one of his challenges. He's going to have to name some of those team people. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, has a long record, and it's a record of, of bad decisions uh, and failures, and she's going to have to explain, if she can, how she's going to be different than the very administration that, that put Libya into turmoil, that turned its back on Israel, and, in fact, made exactly the wrong decision in Egypt, helping put the Muslim Brotherhood in charge. Mm -hmm. Well, as uh, one reporter said, it's a choice between believing what Donald Trump has uh, will do and what he has said versus <laughs> what uh, Hillary Clinton has done <laughs> and what she says she'll do. So uh, we, we're in for a real challenge this year. I'll tell you, I'm an independent, and uh, I, I get a lot of flack for this, but I am still undecided. I am one of the undecideds, <laughs> and, and I'm having a heck of a time this year. I go back and forth, but, uh, you know, by November, I, I have to choose and... and um, do my political duty. And before we run out of time, do you, do you have a website where we'll, where our, our listeners can go to get more information about your book and your work and, and some of the legislation that you proposed? Absolutely. Uh, obviously, if you Google my name, you the first thing that comes up is my campaign, followed by my official site. If you want to uh, get direct links to the book, you just go to watchdogbook.com, and that'll show you a number of places. Uh, the last time I checked online, Amazon had a good stock, and every Costco has very large stacks at a very good price. Uh, you know, I, uh, I spent many years up in, uh, at Fort Ord when that was a base and, and lived in, in Carmel. Uh, 
you know, the voters there are going to have some, some selections they may not be thinking about. One of them is going to be you're going to have a Senate race and you're going to have to choose between two Democrats, but there's a big difference in those Democrats. And that, that may be something that people aren't even focused on right now is that our system in California uh, gives you an interesting choice sometimes. I, as a Republican, have to pick the Democrat of my choice for the U.S. Senate. Well, there you go. It's it's tough decisions all the way around. And I'm afraid that's all the time that we've got today. But I want to thank you for making time to speak with us. And before we say goodbye, I do want to take a moment to thank you for your service to our country. Thank you, Mr. Issa. Thank you, Rebecca. If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Daryl Isa, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if you missed the full interview with Daryl Isa or any of our other guests, you can download previous episodes of the Costa Report from Apple iTunes, Podbean, our YouTube channel, and also our website at RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're at the website, be sure and check out our audio blog and the videos that we have posted as well as the contact page where you can leave your comments about today's program or anything else you have on your mind. That's also where you can order your copy of my book, The Watchman's Rattle. And if you're a Trump supporter, well, you'll want to get your hands on one of only a handful of books Trump has endorsed throughout his career. That's right. Donald Trump is right on the back cover of The Watchman's Rattle, along with Richard Branson and E.O. Wilson and Trudy Styler and others giving praise for the book. So don't wait another minute. Go to RebeccaCosta.com. Get your copy right now. It only takes a couple of minutes. And 100% of all book proceeds go toward keeping interviews like the one you heard today on the air. Again, if you want to hear the interview, the full interview with Daryl Issa again, you can pick it up on our website at RebeccaCosta.com. My guest next week is National Security Advisor for CNN and former Congressman Mike Rogers, who will be here to discuss the challenge associated with performing surveillance on every potential terror suspect in the U.S. and abroad. Don't miss security expert Mike Rogers next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to The Costa report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 